Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and on this episode, you'll get to hear from Brendan, the creator of Master Talk, which is a brand dedicated to help people overcome their fear of public speaking. You'll learn how to better communicate your ideas, how to speak with authority and purpose in order to achieve what you want. Let's get into the episode. My name is Kyler Miles. I am the host of the Making It podcast. And to put it in a nutshell, basically, I designed this podcast because I want to help people learn how to make shit happen. And what that means is um, I come from a sales background, and now I'm in a creative space where I'm a content creator, videographer, photographer. And that journey, it was only about a year and a half from going from corporate to now self-employed, but also working for a company full-time. And I want to show people other stories of how they went through their journey of making it. Now, I don't think I've made it by any means. I'm not driving a Ferrari or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> that applies to me I, too, though. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I want to interview guests that can bring a lot of value to not only my audience, but anyone watching this or listening to this um, and, and learn how they can make their dreams a reality. And, and that's the making a podcast in a nutshell is, is learning from successful entrepreneurs, authors, public speakers like yourself uh, about how they can better themselves and really focus on their dreams and aspirations. So um, that's like a quick, I guess, minute and a half overview of the making a podcast. But why don't you kind of give a brief introduction of yourself, who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. So I make YouTube videos on public speaking. And yet the reason why I started doing that was when I was in university in Montreal, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So in the same way that if you try and get into the NBA or the NFL, you get drafted into division one school, you work really hard. The coach yells at you every morning. It's just, you're running, you're, you know, you're jogging, you're doing exercises, but the equivalency of that for nerds like me is we present two to three times a week to senior executives of companies. So that instead of having dinner with their families, they would come to the university and shred us for two hours. It's probably their favorite pastime. So I was like 20 when I started doing these things and I would present and I had this big ego and I was like, Oh my God, this is how you do the, this is how you solve the problem. And then the executive would start laughing at you. And you're like, what in the world am I doing? So anyways, it was this weird sport. Just give an idea how crazy it is because you live in Montreal, right? So one of the mm-hmm. biggest case competitions in the world is held here. So there's literally, oh, really? yeah, there's a bunch of them, but this, one of the big ones is in Montreal. So there are literally people who fly out, like take a flight from Thailand to Montreal for a week. They spend $10,000 and admission fees just to enter the competition, hotels, accommodations, food, their school funds, everything just to present PowerPoint slides. Mm. That's literally a thing. Right? Ouch. So anyways, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyways, I did that for three years. It was the best three years of my life. I loved it. And I was mm-hmm. the overlord. Of, I was the warlord of that program. So I was the one coaching the next generation how to speak. So when mm-hmm. I got out of university and I started working in corporate and I realized that making money actually wasn't that hard and I needed it to get out of poverty and to provide for my family, I transitioned very quickly from how do I use the money that I have in my pocket 
to make an mm. impact in the world to how do I use my time and expertise? And when I looked at the market and what was happening with other content creators in the space with public speaking is there was nobody in my age group. So 22, 23, when I started the channel that were sharing really strong communication tips, really effective tips for people to learn from. So I started making videos on it in my basement. It turned into what it is today. Wow. That's cool. I love the fact that uh, you, you mentioned that it was their pastime to shred you guys up on, I know the feeling, by the way, the equivalent to kind of what you went through. I went to a school called BCIT in, in British Columbia, where I'm from, and their whole uh, last year of your degree is a practicum. So you're giving presentations, you're going to work, you know, every single day for free, you're paying to go to work. Um, but it was an amazing experience because we had the same thing. Like you get up on stage to these executives uh, uh, on this stakeholder board and you're giving your 18, 19 years old, giving this presentation, telling them how to run their business that had been running for 40 years. Yeah. 40 years, you know, and it's like, holy crap. So the importance of uh, learning how to build that thick skin is, is crucial. You know, you know what I mean? Like when you get older, you get uh, life hits you in the face a lot. Right. So I'm sure you went through the same kind of experience. Now when you're up there, you don't get as nervous it's okay if people don't understand or whatever, like it, it, it's, uh, it's different now. Eh? You got <laughs> it, man. And just to even push this even further. So I love that you went through something similar. So we did that on steroids. So just to give you an idea of this presentation, if you're familiar, every, every semester, they would, we would probably present 25 cases, you know, to practice with the competition, but three of those practices were in front of the class. So you would present with your team for 20 minutes and then for the next 40 minutes, everyone in the class is only goal is to rip apart your presentation. So let's say I'm sitting there because I've been there for three years, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm the lead for the class and just me, I get five minutes. So let's mm -hmm. say it gets to me and I go, go to slide 22. Why did you say this? It makes no sense. And I would like sw start swearing at them at the middle of a classroom and everyone would just be like, and they wouldn't know how to answer the question. Because yeah. my only intention was finding holes. So it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. So what is that? What are some lessons you learned out of this experience? Because obviously, I mean, you and I have a, a similar experience, not to that degree. I wasn't grilled like that. But uh, uh, what did you learn out of this experience? And how can people really adopt that into their day-to-day -day practices and what they want to do? I love this question. I think the biggest one, there's many. It was a lot of fun too, you know, just being around very smart people. But I'd say the most tangible lesson is setting a high bar for excellence. You know, we think about presentations especially, or really life in general. We don't push ourselves too far. You know, we say, oh, if I get this job, I win. Or there's a certain income where people just stop working. So let's say if you gave everyone $100,000 a year, just everybody, I would guarantee you 90% of the people will just stop doing anything. They'll just be like, eh. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to do anything more. I just, you know, this is good. But there's a small group of people that it doesn't matter how much money, fame, fortune they have. They'll always raise the bar. A good example came, comes to my head is Michael Jordan, right? I'm sure you probably watched his documentary on Netflix. What was interesting about the guy was he had everything, right? That was my biggest takeaway. He has everything. Billionaire. Mm -hmm. he, can, he has access to anybody he wants, literally anybody. He's six championships. And the thing that he regrets is not going for seven championships. What? <laughs> How does that even make sense? But I get it. Yeah. And you probably get it too. It's, mm -hmm. this, it's this 
it's this high standard for what you're going to do. If you're going to live one time and you're going to work on something, make it amazing so that people remember. So when I started making YouTube videos, the main reason I did it wasn't because I had some ego or I wanted to do this. I need to be purposeful and nothing to do with that. I was so frustrated by the nonsense that I was seeing on YouTube, the nonsense, like people who had double my experience, way more money than I had, way more like, you know, flexibility. And they were choosing, they were making the decision not to share high quality content with people because they were lazy and it pissed me off. So I just went, what about like, uh, just to give you like real transparency, if you're 15 years old and this is all you have to master public speaking, no wonder you don't want to work on it, right? You see about a 60 year old giving tips and you're like, I can't relate to this. And that sucks, right? So I just went like, we need to do something different here. So I just brought that high quality, that high bar for excellence into my YouTube videos. Wow. That's so cool. And, and, and it's so true. You know, it's like you, you can, there's so many examples to that. You, you mentioned Michael Jordan. I mean, Elon Musk, Gary Vaynerchuk, like there's the list goes on with all these people who raise the bar, the rock even too, like he's in every movie. I, I feel like, Absolutely. you know, and, and these people we look up to, they always are raising the bar no matter what. And, and it's so true. It's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to say, well, you know, I'm comfortable now. I'm going to and be that couch potato. For those people who, you know, do get nervous, because public speaking, I find, is not only good for the public, but also on camera. And now that we live in a day and age where everyone wants to create content, everyone has a, wants to have a personal brand, and they know that video is probably the strongest medium as of right now. Uh, audio is, you know, raising the bar in a lot of ways, but as of right now, video is dominant. Um, how, what advice do you have for people to be better at speaking, conveying their message? For me, like selfishly, I rant. That's my thing. I, I can go on and on and on. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet, but let's hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, for sure. So I think one good place to start is having an incentive system to why we want to master communication in the first place. Public speaking is a good thing in the sense that I honestly believe anyone can do it. I grew up in, a, in, a, in an education system where I literally studied in a language I didn't even know. So French is a required language for those who don't know in Montreal, where you need to know how to speak the language to do well. But I, when I got put into a French education system, I didn't know a single word. So not only was I uncomfortable presentations, I had to give them in a language I didn't know. So, I'd, so my whole life, that was the case. So if someone like me can master public speaking, anybody can. It's just a matter of tying in the right incentive for what you want to achieve. So one question I like to ask people to help people think about this and think through it so they don't give up is how would the world change if you were an elite class speaker? So how would the world be different if you were an amazing presenter? So one example I like to give, let's say you take the regular gal or or guy at work and they're like, well, Brendan, I don't have this big dream to, you know, be like the superstar speaker. And I'm like, that's okay. What do you like to do outside of work? And they would usually respond with, oh, you know, well, I lead a group of kids uh, with a camping trip or I help with this nonprofit. I raise money for this cause. I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So what you can do is find a problem that you can solve for a group that you're trying to help. 
So I'll use myself as an example. So obviously, as you probably can guess, I have like clients and stuff. But outside of that, I also do a lot of philanthropic work. So let's say in Montreal, I give workshops on how to present and pitch to teenagers in tech innovation programs. So they're building apps, they're building different impact projects, and I go there to help them speak better. So notice how I'm solving a problem for them. So since I'm solving a problem and helping somebody else, that gives me an incentive to be better and get better at presentations. Because if I suck, then they're not going to remember a single thing for my presentation. If my goal is to help them, I better be as great as I possibly can be. But the magic here is if you can pick one problem, what this gives you an incentive for is to do it over and over again, which brings me to my next point. So the next point is the following. Most presentations are not treated like any other endeavor that we try and practice. So let's say you take a, a musical instrument or sports. Okay, so I'll use both so, every, so it can relate to everyone. Musical yeah. instruments, simple. You play the same song a hundred times and then you're amazing. And then it gives you a huge <laughs> boost of confidence. You're like, I don't want to play anything, but I don't want to play this song. So let me impress you with this song. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, with sports. When you're playing football, when you're playing soccer, when you're playing any sport, it's not do this jump shot, do this special trick. No, it's understand the fundamentals. Run faster, dribble harder, shoot faster, get the hoops in, make sure your throw percentage is higher than it was before. You know, you're looking at numbers and you're comparing yourself. But for some reason, in presentations, we don't have that. It's Wednesday. Your boss comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, Kyler, you got a presentation on Friday. Can you get this done for me? So you spend evenings working on it. You give the presentation and you throw it in the garbage and work on the next one. <laughs> that doesn't work. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I know that all too well. I come from a, a sales background when I was living in Vancouver. And so the amount of presentations I had to give to customers, to managers about my territory, about my plan of action, you know, the CEO of my territory, if anyone is out there in sales, you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, I mean, countless of uh, presentations went out the window and did the same thing over and over and over, not really improving and learning and really understanding what a presentation really is. It's, it's a way of communicating. It's a, it's a, it's, you're getting the tension from people. So you have to make sure your message is, is on point. You know, I love your examples with sports and also with content creation. Like I'm a content marketer, content creator. It's the same thing. Like my first video wasn't great. You know, my, just like your first presentation, your first time kicking a ball, it's not great. It's the hundredth time you've kicked the ball, the hundredth presentation and the hundredth video you've made that, wow, people start to look and pay attention and compliment and, and then seek your expertise because you put in the work and the hours and, and you have that goal. You know, I, I love that you said that because I, I've had, the only goal I've had for a presentation was just like, I, I want to sell, you know, so I need to make sure they understand what I'm saying, what the benefit is, and then sign at the dotted line. And so I, it, you know, looking back now, I realize oh, I was really building up my communication skills because the product didn't change, the sales process didn't change, but the way I communicated did change. I'm not in the industry anymore, so maybe I didn't do it that well. But, <laughs> but I, I love what you're saying about that. It's so true. Yeah, and and just to build on this, I'm no exception to this rule too. I'm not some, you know, guy who gets exempted from this, right? I presented over 500 times when I was in university, from the ages of 19 to 22, the span of three years, 
I was presenting hundreds of times. And that's also truth when I started YouTube. So you can imagine me with the amount of presentations I had under my belt. I was a bit cocky when I started YouTube. I was like, this camera thing is going to be easy. And I was horrendous, terrible, because I was alone. I was in my basement. I had no idea how to hold the camera. I had no idea how to do any of this. And I had nobody to talk to. So I couldn't feed off the energy of anybody. So my first 50 videos were garbage. They were trash. But... I practice in front of a camera 500 times in a year because every time I, gave, I put a new video up on, on, on YouTube, I presented it on average 10 times because I didn't want to edit the video. So when I was going through, and most YouTubers don't do this, this crazy stuff that I'm talking about right now. So let's say I, I start presenting the video and in the middle of a 10 minute video at minute five, I mess up. I would literally start at the beginning again Oof. and do oh, it again. Good afternoon. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Brendan. And I would just start again and again yeah. until I got it all in one take because I didn't want to edit the videos. But mm -hmm. this, I know this is excruciatingly painful, but <laughs> what the benefit, as you've probably seen from my newer stuff, now I'm really good on camera, right? Mm -hmm. now it's paid off. So now I obviously don't do anything in one take anymore. Now it's all professional. I have my best friend doing my videos now, so I don't have to stress myself out. But because I went through that process, of doing mm. something I didn't like, even for someone like me who's a professional, I had like hundreds of presentations in my belt. I still ate the dirt. I still presented again in front of a cat to re to learn that skill. So it mm -hmm. needs to be done for everybody, including mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I, I I love that. Like you said, it, it it the the skills you gain are transferable, but it's not like you're not going to be an expert right away because it's a different ball game recording something and making sure the audio is correct and making sure you, you're looking at the camera and, and all sorts all sorts of things right and, and like you said i can't believe you redid it but it looks like it paid off because now like you said you probably do it one or two takes that you know that 10 minute video you could probably just yeah 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 hang them out like that right 100 percent. So, like the average video takes like 15 minutes now to make oh i'm jealous yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you'll get there you'll get there like one quick tip before before um before we keep going here, one easy thing your audience can do tomorrow, go on IG stories and just post a video every day. I still do it. So I just go up, I turn my phone on, I go, hey, everyone, this is a thought I had today. See you tomorrow. And I do that every day, except yeah. what days I want a day off or something. But I still do it 200 times a year. So it's That's easy. really good. It's a minute. It's not long. Yeah. Go ahead. How, how like a lot of the times what I talk about during this podcast too, is like fear of judgment, right? Because a lot of the times, at least in my life, I never, I knew I wanted to do this a long time ago, but never actually had the courage to pursue it because of fear of mm -hmm. failure, fear of others. Posting video every day, even as a content creator, I have a hard time doing that. How do you get over that fear of judgment, that fear of, because not everyone, it's just a matter of fact, not everyone's gonna love your content, right? Some of people course. are not going to be nice, not going to be, uh, and, and that creates anxiety for people. Of so how, how do you get over that? Do you have any tips or tricks? Do you talk about that in your presentation? Because, you know, obviously people get nervous when they present. Same thing on the phone. What kind of tips do you have? Yeah, no, I love that. I, there's definitely a couple of things we can talk about here. I would say the first one is we all need to come to a realization of who the real enemy is. So let's say I, I do this as a fun exercise you can try as well at home is if you ask your friends and family, who's an enemy that you have, they're all going to say pretty much the same thing. 
oh, you know, that guy who cut me off in traffic. I hate this person. Or that, that gal who ate that last apple at the grocery store who stole that away from, or an ex who broke our hearts or, yeah. you know, a, a friend who betrayed us. But that's mm-hmm. all the wrong answer. The real answer is time. Time mm. is the enemy we can't beat. Time is the enemy that we should hate. No matter how much money, no matter how much resources, no matter how much we yell, scream, and shout, time always wins. Mm. So once we mm. realize that time is the real enemy, regardless, like COVID's a good example, and that's what I told people. You know, everyone thinks 2020 is canceled. Like, that means you're admitting that time beat you in the sense of you, the same amount of time that you're supposed to be alive is still is still the same. If it's supposed to be 30 years, it's going to stay 30 years. It just went down to 29 now if you canceled one of the years. So I know this is, I'm, I'm going around the place a bit, but the idea is simple. Once you acknowledge that time is the real enemy, then mm-hmm. you can start to ask yourself a very different question, which is what do I do with what I have left? Mm. That really starts to shift the way that you think about it. You're like, okay, well, if my girlfriend is mad at me right now, but I'm mad at her. I shouldn't be because she's not the enemy. It's time. Mm. So I need to change the way that I look at it. That's the first thing. Mm. Second thing is a question I ask a lot of the people I speak to who want to take action and stuff is who suffers from your inaction? So every day that you decide not to do something, who suffers? And the more specific you are, the better. I'll give myself as an example. I never wanted to do a YouTube channel. I was scared. I didn't want, and that's coming from a guy who's presented 500 times, right? I didn't want to go on YouTube. It was scary for me. It was a new sport. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it until I understood the consequence of not doing it. So one side of the coin is, Brendan, you're 22. You're unqualified. Why would you share public speaking tips with the world? You don't have C-suite executive experience. You've never, you don't even have a PhD or a bachelors of calm. Who are you? What, what gives you the entitlement to do this? That's one side of the coin, which isn't important for us. But the other, so that's the common side. But the other side of the coin, which is more useful for us, is if I decide not to do it, who gets hurt? And I've asked myself this question a lot. And the answer that I came up with for my own ambitions is a 16-year-old girl named Julia. So think about it. Julia's 16. She wants to make a difference in the world. She's in high school. She wants to raise 100 bucks for a charity. It's probably like an animal shelter or something. But there's one problem, right? She's scared of public speaking. And she has a presentation to her class the next day. So what does she do? Well, she doesn't know anything about public speaking. She's trying to figure things out. She's a really mm-hmm. smart girl, right? But she's been watching a lot of YouTube videos. So she goes on YouTube because that's her favorite stars. And she types public speaking tip just to see what she can do. And what does she find? She finds a bunch of old white dudes who don't know shit about public speaking. <laughs> but what does she believe? She looks at it, closes her laptop in fear, and the belief system that she has that she can never master communication will last the rest of her life unless I do something about it. Mm. And that is not just true with Julia. That is true for every single human being that speaks English in the world who can't afford a speech coach, which is 100% of them. Mm. And not just now, the 15-year-olds who are actually going to be alive after I'm dead also. So every day that Brendan decides not to make a video, that Brendan uses imposter syndrome as an excuse, that Brendan says, you're not qualified to make videos, millions of people suffer. 
So mm. I got really clear. And, I, and Julie is a real person also. I use different names, not a real name, but you get it. Yeah, right? yeah. So in that same way, like I know why, who, why I'm doing this for, so I need mm. to take action on it. And the third exercise so that people can take action is what I call the love letter exercise. So the love letter exercise is very simple. Write a love letter to the person you want to help. And the more specific the letter, the more motivated you get. So for me, the, the last paragraph of that letter is it doesn't matter how much money I make, how successful I become or how, you know, how much fame or fortune or celebrity clients end up getting in my life. None of that matters. Only Julia matters. Mm. that's why i started the damn thing right so it, with you bringing it back to your audience bringing it to what you're doing think about the change you want to make is it a 50 year old biker is it a 22 year old kid who's depressed is it somebody it doesn't really matter who the person is the only thing that matters is that it matters to you you know how many problems you just solved with that like what you just said and man the amount of times people have asked me exactly the coin that you just said oh you know what are people going to think how am i going to look that that negative thought in your head that's telling you you can't do this you can't do this and you flip literally flip the coin to a new perspective saying that it you're creating like an accountability which i love you're creating something that i'm a big believer in because accountability is the one thing that helps us remain disciplined and remains uh, us to achieve our goals. And if your goal is to change people's lives, like you just said, and you flip that coin, you flip that perspective and create that accountability. If I don't make a uh, video about a piece of content or how to share my five tips on creating content, someone out there who wants to start a business won't see it, won't start the business, won't have a fulfilling life. And, and I'm not doing my job as a human being to help other people. And also selfishly, like you're a happy guy. Like we really just met now and you're so passionate, so loving. And, and it's all because like of this transformation you have of, of public speaking. So it's amazing. Like I, I'm going off on a tangent too, but everything you're saying is like, it is dead on what this podcast is all about. Because making it happen, whether you're public speaking, starting a business, a YouTube channel, a podcast, it, it, it takes courage but it also is, is something that you have to do for yourself. And I think that in, in it, I'm saying it in a different way, but you said it a lot better. So <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think you're, you're, you're doing amazing work as well. And, and, and just to build on this, right. Cause I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, ask you mm -hmm. about habits. Oh, Kyler, Brendan, what time should you wake up in the morning? What salami should you eat for lunch? Look, <laughs> but let's, just, let's just put that in the dirt now because I, I can yeah. see you're liking this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So the idea with habit, let's forget about the exercising for a second. I know I'm controversial when I say this, but let's forget about all that. The only habit that really matters is asking yourself the hard questions. Forget 10 days, forget 10 years, 10 months. People have, there's so many humans right now who haven't spent 10 minutes, 10 freaking minutes of their life thinking about the hard stuff. So here's a question probably no one in your audience has thought of. Mm -hmm. You had all the money in the world, so you don't have to go to work anymore. How mm -hmm. would you spend your time? Most people, when I ask them this question, I know you would give me something different, something more interesting, but most people <laughs> answer with travel. And I owe literally a hundred, not even like 80%, a hundred percent of them say travel. Yeah. And then I reply with, okay, so let me get this straight to like kind of break that noise. 
are you going to trial 40 years and then die? And they go, well, no. And then I say, okay, what are you going to do then? What time are you going to wake up? What time are you going to go to bed? Is there a dog in your house? Are you married? Are you married to multiple people? Are you in relationship with two people? Are you even in the same country? Are you changing countries during the day? What's happening? No one even, even you don't even need to know the answer. Just think yeah. about it. Have mm-hmm. some, And then when you start asking yourself those hard questions and you start to actually fundamentally build a belief system, like people don't even have values, like figure out what you actually believe in what you believe to be true. And it's okay for everyone else to disagree with you too, as long as mm-hmm. you believe it to be true. And then from that belief system, then you can, you're going to do all the habits. Then you're going to get everything mm-hmm. right. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll eat your goddamn oatmeal. You do everything else. But if you don't have the belief system, there's no reason to work out. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to get out of bed. And mm-hmm. I can spend two hours talking about my belief system. But one of mm-hmm. them that's relatable to public speaking is I just believe we need to live in a world where everyone has access to communication information. Uh, even if it means I go bankrupt doing it, I literally went from a guy who had no money in my bank account to making six figures to going back into poverty. I'm the only guy you will meet in your life that has a six figure income that still lives with his mom that doesn't own a car just so I can have that extra money for video production. Cause that shit matters to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And if for you, it's, Owning five dogs, that's cool too. But you need to mm-hmm. figure out what that is. And it boggles mm-hmm. my mind that most people don't even think about it. You're, you're ahead in life in a lot of different, in a lot of ways, honestly. And, and like, we're both young guys, but we're both, we, we had that hard conversation with yourself. I've hit rock bottom. That's the thing. It's like, you don't, you don't just stumble across it. You, you, you have a, you look yourself in the mirror uh, I, I was gaining weight. I was not in school. I dropped out everything. I kind of fell off the face of the earth. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, is this what I want out of my life? And, and, and for me, it was like, no. And, and I remember that turning point in my mind, like it was yesterday. And I always remind myself, and maybe that's a, that's a fear mechanism. I don't want to go back to that. But it at least accelerated me to, to work out, to study and educate. And I don't mean just go to school. I mean, Go on YouTube and educate yourself. That's something I do every single day. Uh, uh, like on top of reading, I always watch a YouTube video. Sometimes I get too much involved in that, but I at least learn something out of those videos because I, I want that goal. Like you said, going back, it, it's purpose. You know, having that hard conversation with yourself so you're going to travel for 40 years, that's such a good, that's such a good uh, question to ask somebody because you're right. No, we're not going to travel for 40 years. You could travel maybe for a couple of years, max like five or 10. I can't see anything, but then what else? Right. Yeah. So finding what fuels you like that fire that obviously you and I have is what brings the happiness in life. It's what brings everything out. And then that's where the growth is. Right. And that's where this, this went from like a, a public speaking to like a life back to public speaking. But by the way, I love it. It, it, it's it's so intertwined because everything that we do, whatever effort we put into content creation, YouTube channel, podcast, public speaking, it, it boils down to you growing as an individual, you achieving what you want. I think that you have that. You have the best example uh, of that life. I appreciate that, man. And and one thing just to build up because I just love this life advice stuff. Yeah, is. 
the another skill people can work on on a daily basis is practicing being more insane. So what do I mean by that? Every person who has made a big difference in the world, who has done something big, not even big like grandiose, even if it's just a small movement within your community, we're all insane to various degrees. We all go against the grain to what people believe. So one exercise I recommend is to practice that more. So how do you do that? Communicate the weird things that you do that are not illegal on a daily basis to everyone around you. So this is what it does. It convinces you that you're unique. And then once you start to move away from society and move away from what everyone else believes, then you start to develop your own point of view on things. So I'll start. I was like setting the example. I love mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. I love his music. I think he's a great person. I think he has great music. Taylor Swift too. One of my favorite hobbies in the world is I dance alone in my basement an hour a day. And I can karaoke in eight languages, even if I can speak three. And I love dancing for six hours straight. So notice how all of these things are weird, right? But the point that I'm driving here is two things. One, notice the level of confidence I have saying it. Most people in society, if they had the exact same interests or things that they like that I just communicated, wouldn't communicate it in that same way. They would say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, actually, I like dancing and I love this, right? But they wouldn't be really confident when saying it. But the second thing is, because you give yourself permission to do that, then you start to say, okay, well, I am different than everyone else. There's only going to ever be one me. So I could probably develop something interesting that only I can do. Mm. And for me, that ended up being mass struck. For you, it's probably this podcast. And for somebody else, it could be like a bakery, right? It doesn't really matter what the thing is. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's how you say things. And, and, and don't be ashamed. of, Dude, I love dancing. You know, and, and whenever we go to, if you go to a party, uh, guess what? They're all going to be envious of you that you spend yeah. that time dancing and singing karaoke. Like that's right. impressive. And even building on that insanity, because I don't even say this in a podcast. I don't even drink. So I do all of that without a sip of alcohol. I'm just nuts. Right. <laughs> but the reason I, I say that. Yeah. Because everyone's insane. We're all crazy. Yeah. We just choose not to communicate it. Mm-hmm. We choose to hide it oh, what is Kyler going to think of me? I don't want to tell him or else because he has a certain view of me. I don't want that to change. But what people don't realize is because I communicate that, you like me more for it. Mm. It's just most Mm -hmm. people don't get that difference because we try and fit in because we think that's the way to get everyone else to like us. But the real way to be interesting, the real secret is to be an only version of you. Because if you go to a party and you go, or really any event, and you go, hey, Brendan, what do you do? And I go, I make YouTube videos on public speaking. You're like, I've never heard that once in my life. Why, why do you do that? Right? And you're, you want to get to know me, right? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's the point I'm mm-hmm. trying. I know, I know I'm tangenting here, but you, I hope that. No, I, I, I love it. Honestly, I, I, it's what I preach every day. It's, it's what I um, consume. This is the kind of content, like what you're saying is, is exactly what I want people to hear out of this podcast because making it, I'm not trying to say you're a financially successful person like Elon Musk with eight Ferraris in your, in the driveway, making it just means making whatever you want out of your life happen, making shit happen. You had this goal of wanting to share your knowledge in public speaking uh, through executives tearing you a new one. And you want to share and help people with their dreams and their passion. And that fuels you 
to not only live a happier life, but to be more purpose-driven. And now you, it seeps into everything, it seeps into mental uh, health, physical health, relationship health. You view, the, you view the world differently when you put on the perspective of someone else, you put in the, those lenses, right? I'll use a cliche a photographer analogy. <laughs> um, but I, I love what you're saying. And it's exactly what I'm looking for in, in guests in this show. And, and I, I'm trying to find something I disagree with. I don't. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and just to tie a bow on because I always forget to say my saying. If there's anything you remember from this whole discussion, it's the following. Be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, if you're interested in like doing everything else that everyone else is doing, then go be the same. But that's not why you're listening to this show. That's not why you're spending time out of your busy life to listen to this episode. You're doing it because you want to do something different. So if you want to do that, learn to be more insane. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's a, that's a really good quote. It's the same thing in sales. Uh, you learn it. People buy from people they like. And some of the biggest deals that I've ever closed were because of me. And, and I'm not in sales anymore. So I, I, you know, I wasn't a successful, huge uh, success in sales, but the successes I did have, I learned a lot and I sold with my heart. I sold with who I was and I wasn't afraid uh, to speak it. And, and the biggest deals I sold were because of those reasons. And they told me so, like, I believe in Kyler, the person behind that, right? So I, I think you're right. Try to be more insane or, 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 who wants to be like everyone else? Like as a kid, you know, you, you kind of learn through life that, oh, you got to be, follow the sheep, you know, but no, I want to be the black sheep. I want to be, I want to be that sheep, you know, uh, and, mm. and somehow down the road, we, we get it mixed up. But um, I think yeah. you're putting the perspective back. Right. And since you like the coin analogy, let's look at it from the other side. And I got this from Jesse Itzler, right? So what does normal, if you're trying to be normal, where does that get you? Gets you overweight, divorced, unhappy, no direction in life, nine to five job. So you're trading all of your time to somebody else. And then you retire at 65 and die five years later. That's what normal gets you. Does that really make sense? Mm. Two and a half kids, white picket fence, a house you can't afford. Why does any of this make sense? Right. Mm. So try and not be normal because that's the only way you'll find the real normal, which is the normal that you want to have for yourself. That's heavy. I love it. We have to make more uh, episodes and we have to start collaborating because I love uh, what you're putting out in the world and definitely going to follow you on your YouTube, on your Instagram and your journey. And um, if you're going to sum up or maybe give uh, any last tips for public speaking before you sign off, um, anything that you want to say, final thoughts, whatever, and, and then a way to reach you. How can someone uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you if they want to hire you or or just talk and riff like we are? Yeah, for sure. I would say parting words. The, the most important thing that you want to take away here is understand that the only way you're going to make a big difference in the world or just do some sort of movement, you start with something small, right? Not something big or something. When I started Master Talk, it wasn't this, let's go ham on production. Let's spend all this money. No, I had my little phone. That's literally on my, you know, right next to me. I started with a little video and I just had a point of view on the world. I think the world should be like this because 
Start asking that question for yourself. Don't just listen to me say this is how the world should be. Don't listen to Kyler and say, oh, this is what he thinks the world should be. That's what it should be. No. Figure out the answer yourself. How do you think the world should be? And why do you think the world should be that way? And if you can start from that singular question, that singular thought experiment, that will lead, I hope anyways, will lead to a different view of looking at the world and how you go about life as well. And obviously, if you want to have more discussions about this, I'm not famous like Kyler. So send me a message on Instagram at Master Your Talk. So you feel free to just catch me over there. And if you're interested in public speaking as well, which is my main area of focus, check out my YouTube channel at Master Talk in one word. Happy to connect. That's awesome. It, you know, if, if I just met you now, and after hearing you talk, I definitely would have said you're a motivational speaker, something to do with speaking. You, you definitely have the... Uh, charisma and the knowledge and, and just uh, awesome to interact with you and learn from you. Um, I hope this is not our last time making content together. So um, I had a great time and thank you for coming on the show. Honestly, well, we connected earlier today. So <laughs> my pleasure, Kyler. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. We are signing off. Take care, man.